Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. We've had a fascinating week, Colin, this week, talking about how to overcome the enemy. And uh, you've made the point that Satan is one person. He can only be in one place at one time, but he does have all these demonic forces that come like mosquitoes to attack us. And uh, we, I suppose, always have to be on our guard, therefore. Yes, absolutely. And you were saying to me just now, before we started to broadcast, that uh, this has been such a practical week. And so I wanted to end in a practical way. Uh, if you if you feel that there is some kind of bondage that you're in, uh, how do you go about getting free? Right, number one, you repent. That means that you turn to Christ. You don't you don't just come against the enemy. You turn to Christ. You repent of the fact that through your sin or whatever, uh, you have allowed yourself to get into that bondage. You've given opportunity to the devil and he has put you in bondage. Now, that's not true of every situation. There are some people where the enemy has attacked them and it's not the result of their sin. But even so, we need to submit ourselves to God. So that's how the whole process begins. You get before God. If forgiveness is needed, you ask him to forgive you. Whatever sin is in your life, whether it's to do with that particular issue or not, you want God to forgive you. Even if you feel that you're, you're being attacked or under oppression in some way and it was none of your fault, you still need to repent of whatever sin exists in your life and and ask God to forgive you. Because if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. And if we deceive ourselves, then we don't need to be deceived by the devil. We're already deceived. So we ask we ask the Holy Spirit to show us what we need to be forgiven of. And then we surrender ourselves afresh to God. That's what it means to submit yourself to God. You surrender yourself to him. You thank him that when he went to the cross, he overcame all the principalities and powers of darkness. He defeated the devil and all his works. And you thank him that he has forgiven you by the power of that blood. And by the same blood, he will deliver you, set you free, heal you, whatever is necessary. Uh, you know, this is the way in which you draw near to the throne of God by submitting yourself to him and then by worshiping and praising him. And I think one of the reasons why so many people pray about issues and they don't see them resolved is they do what I call pray at a distance instead of drawing near to God, instead of humbling themselves, instead of seeking his forgiveness, instead of surrendering themselves afresh to him. I can remember when I was a young pastor and we were experiencing revival in my Anglican church that um, if if anybody had an issue in their life, they always wanted to come and uh, and uh, you know if if it was something they couldn't resolve it themselves and mo mo mostly that they could resolve things themselves. But if there was something serious, and they felt they needed me to pray with them, they would come and they would say, "I need to make a fresh surrender of my life to God." They realized that that this is the way to get free not just to pray about an issue, but to submit yourself to the Lord, to surrender yourself to God. So uh, they would do that, and then we could come against the enemy together. 
Now, when you pray against the enemy, you're not going to pray in tongues. Very important to understand that because uh, the scripture says that he who speaks in a tongue speaks to God. Now, if, if you need to be set free from the influence of demonic powers, right? You don't speak to God, but you speak to those powers. You speak to the mountain to command them to move. Now, you don't have a conversation with them. All this kind of stuff is, well, if you name me, I'll go, is just total deception from the enemy. Jesus didn't name demons before he cast them out of people or anything like that. And I'm not talking about delivering people from demonic possession now. I'm talking about just coming against those spiritual forces that have come against us and have tried to steal our peace, our well-being, uh, our sense of unity with God, try to undermine our faith or whatever. So... We address them in the name of Jesus and in the power of his blood, and we command them to depart and to have no further influence over our lives. They are to go and they are not to return. And the thing to do immediately after that is to praise God. Praise God for the victory. Praise him that he gives you the victory. Praise him that the word will now be fulfilled in your life, that you've submitted yourself to the Lord, you've resisted the devil, and so he will flee. And those demonic forces, the power, the hold, the influence, whatever they have had in your life, will be broken. And you need to believe that because, of course, whenever we pray, we have to pray with faith, and therefore praise God for the victory that he gives you. What about praying for other people? Because sometimes you don't always recognize yourself when you're, say, under some sort of oppression, but you can see it in somebody else. Yes, and therefore, if, if, you, if you believe that you have um, revelation about that, uh, you know, that God has shown you that that is the case, then you can pray against the spirits that you see influencing their lives. Now, if they're Christians, they need also to be part of that prayer. So we can't just sort of wish these things onto people. But we certainly can pray this way, especially for non-believers, because the Scripture says the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers. And the reason why you can witness to people that don't know the Lord and they, they, seem, to, um, they, they seem not to be able to hear even what you're saying or understand or have any spiritual awareness, it's because... The God of his age has blinded them. So when you're witnessing or before you witness to people, if you know that you're going to have an encounter with someone that doesn't know the Lord, you can take authority over the God of his age that has blinded them and uh, take over the spirits, the, those spiritual forces that have put that person into that kind of bondage and then pray the positive, pray that a spirit of revelation uh, a spirit of conviction of sin will come upon those people so that they're able to hear what you are saying, able to receive the gospel. So uh, if I'm, uh, you know, praying before a meeting, I will, I will often, I will always pray for the spirit of revelation to be released upon people. But especially, especially in evangelistic situations, I will take authority over the God of this age that has blinded people so that they will then be able to hear and receive the gospel. Do you think it's generally true that we just don't really fully appreciate 
the authority and the power and the scope that we have as Christians to control these demonic forces. And we don't understand uh, how rampant this whole sort of world of the spirit is around us all the time. In other parts of the world, like Africa, um, people are very well aware of the spiritual dimension to life, both God and the demonic powers and forces. The reality of that, so much so that you know, you hear some people say in Europe, "Oh well, the demons, yeah, that's Africa." That you, mm. you get that kind of stuff. In Superstitious, Africa, you see. But what they don't understand is that those spiritual forces are just as much at work, even more so perhaps, mm. here in Europe. But they have people that the devil is a deceiver, and he's deceived people by their rational thinking, by their pride of intellect by thinking that they're above God. Well, God doesn't exist, the devil doesn't exist, there's no heaven, there's no life after death, the hell is, there's no judgment, there's no accountability, so we can do what we like with our lives. Now, all that is total deception. But think how many people uh, in this country, perhaps even how many people you know uh, that you're working alongside day by day are in that kind of deception. And it isn't just their thinking. I mean, that is really the work of the enemy. And um, we teach our Bible school students that, yes, you, you know, they're going to go out and they're going to evangelize and they're going to take the word of God and, uh, to other people and so on. But they're also going to have to undertake the spiritual battle uh, so that people will be able to hear and receive the gospel. And as I explained at the beginning of the week, that's why this week my voice sounds a little bit tired because we have been engaging in that with such intensity. And um, there's a whole lot of things. Uh, there's not, it's not right on this program for me to go into all the details of these things. But there, there's all kinds of ways in which the enemy seeks to control cities, areas, nations. Um, he has his whole, these are the principalities, the authorities and powers to which Paul and others refer. And uh, he's got his whole sort of dominion of darkness, uh, just as God has his kingdom of light. But the great thing is the kingdom of light is so much more powerful than the dominion of darkness, because wherever light shines into darkness, the darkness always has to give way to the light. And that's what we need to remember. We are children of the day. We are children of the light. And God is the light. And he has given us the light that is the life of men. And if we take that light and in prayer and in our confession of faith, uh, if we take that light and come against the powers of darkness, the darkness has to give way to the light. So the outcome is always assured. If, if, if that's what we believe we're doing, that we are causing the light of Christ to shine into the darkness around us. So Jesus says, let your light so shine before men that they will see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. We are people of the light, not only in the way we pray, but in what we do. Why? Because we are being motivated not by wrong spirits, so that we are seeking acclaim for ourselves, but we are seeking to see God glorified, God honored, God praised in, in our lives. And it's so important that we are really living for the honor and the glory of God. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 